Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Clear the airways for the big broadcast. It's time for HempRadio.com, your source for everything hemp and cannabis. With your host, Patty Cakes, the queen of cannabis. Hey, it's Patty Cakes. Welcome to Hemp Radio. I am here with my buddy, Jim Fitzpatrick. And uh, we're in fabulous Costa Mesa. And Jim is a solutioneer looking at SoCal Cannabis. And we've had so many things happening here. And you were pretty much involved in Costa Mesa. Is that correct, Jim? That's a true story, Patty. So my background is international business executive, um, became an entrepreneur when I came out of that, put a car wash into, uh, tried to put a car wash into Newport Beach where they said no based off of land use issues. So I had to become a land use subject matter expert out of necessity. Oh, that's right. You do the land use. Yeah. I don't understand what land use has to do with the dispensary. Well, so what you need is a permissive structure within a city. So way back to Prop 215 that allowed for a certain structure and and gave you the affirmative defense all the way up until recently, even now under Prop 64, what you need is a city to say yes to you, that they give you a permissive structure within the city to operate. The business license is the final step of a land use. So the city has to figure out where in the city is appropriate for you to go. Now, do they do, they do the same thing with coffee shops? Coffee do shops? They say, do the same thing with uh, jewelry stores? Um, do they do the same thing with cigarette shops? No. Okay. Uh, by and large, no. Why? Uh, reefer madness, fear, doubt, misinformation. So pretty much fear of the unknown. The They do, when it becomes a jewelry store, is a, more of a pawn shop. Uh, churches... Uh, many, many uses that uh, municipalities think need regulatory but oversight. It's they are the ones that decide where you go and if you can go there. Correct. So the one thing that a Prop sixty four has allowed for is local control, and I believe in local control because if you don't like it, you can reelect the city council. You don't have to reelect a governor or a president in order to get a, a permissive structure. And even growing up in uh, back in Boston. There are many counties in area. Uh, the Black Dog's my favorite restaurant on Martha's Vineyard, but it's a dry county. They have banned alcohol sales. And so I believe in, in a local municipality's right to ban. But what about the people's rights that want whatever it is that they're banning? Do you know that there's 34 cities in Orange County? We have one legal city, which is Santa Ana. I wouldn't go there and take my grandmother there for her meds. Sorry. Yep. So I've always so, I've always fought to preserve home delivery. Uh, because, is that allowed? Um, in many cities, they've also banned that. But I think that's a result of the industry. The industry tried to usurp local control. If you remember back in February of a couple of years ago, they said you either have to permit or ban it. Otherwise, you default to a state. But you couldn't get a permit. Right, but on that such short notice, there was no other alternative. It was being irresponsible for you to do nothing. Right. You but, had to ban. And then when they go to ban, they look at, a, at broadening that, that those definitions. See, I don't like that they have that much control over us when I thought that people in the position of the cities, the states, and the government are working for the people. I didn't know that they, I didn't understand it was the other way around. They're not working for us. 
Who's giving, how are my seniors getting meds? How are my um, veterans getting meds? 34 cities in, 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 in Southern California and one legal one, that tells me that they don't really care about the people. That's what I'm hearing. And Jefferson said that uh, most people suffer tyranny of the majority, right? So the other thing that I always advocate is where are the cannabis-friendly candidates? Because in, where or are they? in order to get to a uh, permissive structure, on a council of five, it takes three votes. It takes a motion, a second, and a third vote. And I still, being this close to the 2018 election, I'm not seeing candidates running on a cannabis because platform. Because they're afraid, they are afraid, they don't want the majority of people thinking that they have, ref that they are uh, stoners, because that's a perception, and you and I both know that, and we know that that's not true. And like I said earlier, I go to Vegas uh, um, to tape and do business, and they don't think, I mean, a lot of people have that mentality, but it's different when suits and professional people, a, a doc, a cancer doctor in Las Vegas owns one of the biggest dispensaries. And what does that tell you, that he's thinking about his patients, I would think? Yeah, so um, it's an interesting dichotomy. So... The reason we, we don't have it is the local politicians are not voting for it. But Why? By, um, and you're in that political arena. Yeah. 59.4% of Costa Mesa voted for Prop 64. It is very hard for six out of ten Costa Masons to agree on anything. I think that's why we have we have. But see, you don't structure. have a big voting... Uh, I mean, you have a lot of people that don't vote here, from what I understand. Yeah. So um, there's that issue. If it's so important to the people, why aren't they voting for candidates exactly. that have a cannabis platform? So for me, you've heard me talk about the, act the activists in this industry need to change. You've said the suits in Las Vegas. I think we need better lobbyists, better advocates yes. here. here Because yes. they... They don't make the right arguments. I think that um, we're going to start to see many more cities in Orange County and elsewhere start to pursue cannabis. They're seeing Costa Mesa come online, Santa Ana come online, and there isn't the the big issues that some of the prohibitionists think, right? This crime hasn't gone up. Um, you're looking at tax revenues coming in. Look at Colorado. Everyone who is against it needs to go to Colorado and look what they're doing. I had uh, four people from Colorado uh, I visited with this weekend, and I did an interview with one of them. It's a different thing there. They don't have that, that stinking thought process that we have here. Yeah, and so I'm proud of Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa recognized that this is what the community wanted. We but you don't have dispensaries here. I what don't, do want, you, I don't what, want dispensaries What do you here? have here? Tell um, me what you can do in Costa Mesa. We have the white lab coat uses of the industry. We don't have the dispensaries or the cultivation. We have the testing labs. So when I first met you, I used to always say, this is medicine, right? We don't have one single licensed permitted analytical testing lab in the right. entire state, the right. largest addressable market in the world, right? right? We're going to have a testing lab here. We're going to have several distributors. And I think made in Costa Mesa, the Appalachia, like Chardonnay, like Champagne, uh, Costa Mesa is going to mean something from a manufacturing perspective. Okay. We were one of the first to go forward. We offered a type 7, which is the volatile organic compound, where butane and ethanol extraction methodologies are, are preferred for many of the oil uses in the cannabis industry. And we were one of the first to do that. Okay. How... 
okay, I want to come here and I want to set up manufacturing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to choose Costa Mesa because you're obviously friend, friendly to that. What is the process that I need to go through to do that? Yeah, well, first of all, why Costa Mesa? I like Costa Mesa because it's a voter-backed initiative. It means that if the whims of the council, right, in order to get something done, it's a motion, it's a second, and a third. In the 2018 election, you could conceivably have a, a council, a new council, that says, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. I make a motion with a second and a third to undo what the prior council has done. But because it's but a vote of the people. you have to have three people. people. You have to have three people. But here in Costa Mesa, three votes cannot undo what's been done. Only okay. a vote of the people. Okay. So when you look at a city to partner with, that's what I like. Not some of the other folks that, depending on which way the wind's blowing, depending on which way the right. budget's going, they're... Uh, they were just asked, the mayor was asked how many cops and firemen to lay off, so they were pro-cannabis, but now the economy's rebounded, their budgets are better, right. and, and it changes. So that's first why Costa Mesa. Um, Costa Mesa, it'll be interesting in the long run because everyone says, oh, we're first, we're going to beat you. And I'm like, this is a marathon, not a right. sprint. This right. is a right. very, very long ra race. I've seen some cities that are giving temporary state licenses where the operator hasn't even broken ground on the facility yet. So I'm not sure how that works. Well, this is what happened in Vegas. They gave the dispensary license before grow license. So they opened empty shelves. So they... I mean, would he, and you couldn't get it from anybody else, but they're great there because they they ended up doing something that wasn't on their books that they changed, and they did get the cannabis, and they did open up, and they did sell, and they're and they're really doing well. I mean, my friend, they're, they're going to open like ten more if that tells you anything about what's going on there. Yeah, and so here in Costa Mesa, in a marathon, I think we're well positioned to be the heart of the manufacturing. For, yeah. At least for Southern California. And so some cities have allowed no scrutiny. Hey, if you want to pay us the fees, we'll take your money and, and have at it. And I think they're going to run into troubles. Here in Costa Mesa, it's been very rigorous. It's $50,000 in fees. Plus you have Is to that have, for your license? That's for the city to vet the operator and then to consider the land use under a conditional use permit. So it adds up to about fifty grand for those two Reviews. Yeah, but if they get, like, a bug up their butt because they get to determine the land use, they can say, no, you can't come here. Um, right? That, that is government. Costa Mesa's been pretty good, by and large. They've, they've had high fees and rigorous scrutiny, not only just with the staff, but also with the fire department, right? From an ADA perspective, Americans with Disabilities, the, the book has been thrown at these businesses. So the heavy scrutiny, the rigorous review uh, is slowed us down here in Costa Mesa. I think it does that to everybody. Yeah. You know? But in the long marathon race, we will get our temporary licenses. We will get our permanent license because we've already done all so of the So you don't have review. anything yet? We have CMX Distribution is the first licensed permitted operator here in Costa Mesa. CMX. And what, CMX. And what is... Pure distribution. They get uh, they distribute products. Where do they get their products? All over. Um, there's many folks in the north, and what's interesting to see is then you mean Northern California, the Humboldts of the so areas. So anybody can put up a distribution center here. Uh, as, as long as you're licensed and permitted by the city, and it'll be interesting to see what the state does, because we're still operating under temporary state, right? They haven't made it permanent, and there is talk of cleanup. And one of the cleanup items... What do you mean, cleanup? Cleanup what? 
clean up the state rules and regs. So we're under okay. temporary regs okay. right okay. now. Okay. And they're going to do some cleanup items. And one of the things to contemplate is from the north that right now the practice is when well, you load up your truck and you can't make it all the way from the north to the south and then make all of your distribution stops. So they either stop at a friend's house or a motel along the way. Once they say, no, you cannot, it's an A to B, you cannot stop along the way, what's going to happen is Costa Mesa is going to be even more favorable from a distribution outlet because we're in direct proximity to the largest addressable market in the world. There is no bigger cannabis market than in proximity to Costa Mesa. The north is going to have to bring their biomass down to the south in one stop okay. and then have it distributed from Costa Mesa. So, okay, um, this isn't just about local people using this as a distribution center. Somebody can come from Alaska and put their distribution center here? No, everything has okay. to be within within California. Can't, okay. Can't That's, cross state borders yet. Okay. But just in one example of the, because of the efficient proximity, um, there's a lot of meetings that occur regionally in Costa Mesa. Mm -hmm. It's because San Diego, the Inland Empire, Long Beach, and L.A. can all easily access Costa Mesa. Well, that makes it attractive from a distribution perspective okay. and manufacturing. So you have distribution here. You, you've allowed three things, right? Distribution, manufacturing, and what's the third? Analytical testing lab. Testing lab, okay. So do you have anybody that are, any companies that have... Um, shown an interest in putting their testing lab here. Yeah, there's one that is a publicly traded company. They're in five states plus Canada. Who are they? Evio Labs, E-V-I-O. No. Um, they are put, moving their world headquarters uh, to be located here in Costa Mesa. Oh, okay. Uh, they have, uh, they're up in Berkeley. They're in Yuba City, and okay. they will be soon operating here in Costa Mesa. Wow. So if this all pans out... This is going to be incredible for the economy here. So right now we're at a 6% tax on cannabis, which is, when you look at it one way, it's fairly high. But I've never... Wait I've a minute. In, Cal in Costa Mesa? In Costa Mesa. How, where are you buying it? I don't understand. See, I'm confused. Okay. So a manufacturer who takes uh, biomass, flour, trim, and converts it into oil and then may put it in a product or may just sell the oil, when they transact that cannabis, there's a 6% tax that the city gets. Same thing on distribution, same okay. thing on testing. Okay, And so right. re reasonably... Well, that's, that's not high. Well... Do you think it's... I it, it depends on the category. And when people have said, let's go challenge the city, I always say we have to do it from a fact-based perspective. And there haven't been any real cities that Costa Mesa would say, yeah, that's in our competitive set. Most of the ones I say, where is that? I don't even know where that is. Oh, that's up north? Well, the percentage point difference, that's going to get eaten up in the transportation cost to bring it down here to the customers. That's not real. Santa Ana did just move from a dispensary model to the introduction of uh, distribution, manufacturing, and testing. What does that mean? You mean Santa Ana is moving slowly away from having dispensaries and more to have? Not away from, but in addition to. Okay. And you know what? We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come right back with Jim, and he has so much more to tell us. Hang on, and we'll be right back. Clear the airways for the big broadcast. It's time for HempRadio.com, your source for everything hemp and cannabis. With your host, Patty Cakes, the queen of cannabis. 
Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Hemp Radio, and I'm here in fabulous Costa Mesa with my dear friend, Jim Fitzpatrick. And uh, Jim is the solution here. And I'm telling you, I'm not hearing solutions where there's cannabis in uh, Costa Mesa. Why... Why can't they just lighten up, smoke a joint, chill, and realize that nobody's going to die, there's going to be less accidents? I don't understand it. Well, um, that's why everyone like me should be libertarian-leaning. You know, I, I, right. like, I want a smaller government. I want to uh, allow people to pursue their freedoms and liberties. That's where I come from on this issue. Like, I'm not a big cannabis consumer. I'm not, I don't... I don't... Um... It's not even about that. I think it's gone past that. It's about principles now. It's about taking something, the one thing that you can put in your mouth, in your body, that can't hurt you in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing that cannabis can do to hurt you. Nothing. I've been in this business for a hundred years. I'm old. Look at me. I agree. You know what no, I'm no, saying? I didn't agree with that. I meant your yeah. first statement. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's cute. <laughs> and anyway, I mean, that's what I don't understand. That why are they still have this this idiotic sense of reefer madness? They're not doing their due diligence. Well, you don't want to get into the debate with me about the intelligence of voters out there. I think that's, oh, right. that's yeah, why. Oh, right. Yeah, we can't go there. Well, that's why I think fake news, it does have a place, is because people buy things hook, line, and sink. Yeah. And yeah. so they've been brainwashed with the whole reefer madness that only the knuckleheads smoke cannabis and, and it's bad and and uh, the, the roots go into hell and all this other stuff. When we're now finding, and what kills me, Patty, is that I'm in this because the industry asked me to help from a regulation right, perspective. exactly. My mom had lung cancer, and when her appetite, when her weight was so low and she didn't have energy, the traditional medicine had given up. And Marinol didn't doesn't work. No, it didn't, doesn't it work. Didn't work with uh, with insurance. But and my brother's a doctor too, right? And so everybody sent her. No offense to hippies. So I, some of my best friends are hippies, right? But I, like my mom has to go talk to the hippies about about pot brownies. Yeah. Instead of where, where traditional medicine had given up, right? Like, are you kidding me? My daughter has mild epilepsy, and the pathway that we're on and things like that is it's working. And so, have, are you using things. that for her we're CBD? No, we're not because the protocols are working, and the the uh, neurologist doesn't have that for an arrow in in their quiver to offer to my daughter. So what I'm saying is, is that I know it works. You know it works, yeah. right? But traditional medicine doesn't. We haven't even been able to, te- you know, test and validate and research and develop this. So I would lo- not only like people to be able to pursue their freedoms. I think that some of the products that are being developed is a group out of Canada for a. a, uh, a cannabis-based beer, right, that won't have the calories, that won't have all the side effects of alcohol. Wait, my friends have something better in Nevada. They've created Chill. It's a cannabis powder. No taste, no odor, no smell, no calories. Chill, you can put in anything that you eat, drink. You don't have to have cannabis beer. You can add Chill to your beer. So I think it's going to be incredible, and it's been blessed by the state of Nevada. And so um, to take it even deeper, so if you wanted to have the 
non-alcoholic beer, you liked that because that's the same social thing. You did it in front of your wife, right, you did right, it in right. front of your kids, and you want to replicate that social behavior. That's the way to do it. But it doesn't have the side effects of alcohol from a health perspective. It doesn't have the calories that make us fat. It doesn't have the hangovers and all the other things, right? It is a better way to go. And so what I heard at an investor conference was really cool, and I, and I I've stolen it, and if I wasn't on the air with you, I'd say it was my own idea. But <laughs> what, they're, what they're trying to do is replicate the bottle of Chardonnay. Five women sitting around a bottle of Chardonnay, and that's what those products do. And what they're really what they're finding is that the bioavailability of it is greater. And so when you take an edible, right? especially for the first time, you don't know how it's going to respond. You take a little bit more, you take a little bit more. Next thing you know, you're babysitting them for six hours. They miss the concert, um, and they never want to do it again. And well, so because people are stupid and don't listen. I've done sold edibles for 10 years, 11 years. Mm -hmm. I tell everybody, you start with a quarter. Some people start with an eighth. I had a man uh, your size uh, that bought two, Got, ate two of them and said, called me two days later and he said, oh my God, I don't know what happened. And I said, well, what did you do? He says, I ate two. I said, didn't I tell you to take a quarter? Yeah. And he says, well, I thought because I weighed over 250 pounds. I said, no, it doesn't work like that. And so the next generation of products that you're describing have all been available in the, in the pharmaceutical industry. This isn't new, like, oh my goodness, this is new breaking. It's, it's ported over from another industry. But what it has is greater bioavailability. So a little bit goes a lot longer, a lot longer way. And the speed to activation. So when you take a beer, you can kind of sit around and go, well, how do I feel? Right. Should I have, oh, I want to keep it going? I'll have another. Right. I, I have to drive. I'm going to stop, Right. Well, these products allow quick activation, and the holy grail is to figure out the deactivation. So on a bell curve, you can figure out when it's going to hit you. If you can figure out when it's going to dissipate and leave your body, that's where I can't I'm so excited that the scientists are now studying this that will be able to come up with cures for my daughter, that will be able to help my mom for appetite in a post-cancer treatment scenario. But why aren't you giving them cannabis? That's what I don't understand. I did. Yeah, that's oh. how we got um, we got my mom's appetite back. Did, and, and all you have to do is give her a quarter of a brownie. Um, she did lozenges, which she really okay, liked. Okay, that um, was good. I couldn't give her anything. I mean, she had the lung cancer, so that took a bunch of the products off the plate. But the products in Massachusetts aren't as developed here in, in California. Oh, so, she's in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. You know, is it legal there? It is legal, yeah. And so we had to drive a long way to a dispensary. Right. and you know, the, But why should we put – look at that. This is a perfect example of your mother in – um, Massachusetts, not having a dispensary, having cancer, you yourself have said it worked for her, yep. and she can't get it because she has to drive far away. That's not far fair. Away. That's not fair when there is a CVS, a Rite Aid on every corner, a Chase Bank. I don't, that's where I'm very confused. So most people want to blame the politicians. In every case, I blame the voters because they put the politicians there. Yeah, but people vote because... I don't know what they vote with, but they don't vote with their brains. Um, I say, I say what, voters are dinosaurs, right? Really big hearts and really small brains. And so, but unless we get people to. But, to but politicians lie, cheat, and steal. Who are they going to believe? Joe Schmo, look at Obama, said, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He didn't do any of the things that he said for cannabis. When he said that he was going to halt it, 60 uh, raids happened within the next week. So they all lie. So for me, for, um, 
I'm in a position that I can write checks now to candidates looking for city council. It's important to me not only to say in a whisper here privately that I support cannabis, but to make it one of their three platforms. So I'm trying to influence the next generation of elected officials that understand, first understand, right? Because most people don't understand what it is or what it isn't. What do we do to really educate? I mean, are we doing it wrong? What can I do to be a better educator? So of cannabis. For me, it's going to the candidates and saying, where do you stand on cannabis? And when we do find someone who is pro-cannabis, that is willing to make it one of their three platforms, I want uh, public safety, I want to uh, deal with the homeless issue, and I want to expand, introduce or expand cannabis, we cut checks. You know, most people don't write checks to politicians. They don't get out there and carry the message and knock door to door. Yeah, it's right? not so, like the old days. Well, you look at, and, and so what, who does? The unions. They do it like it's nobody's business. So their unions, their issues get carried forward. But when I'm walking, and I actually walked just yesterday, right, in a congressional race, and I'm always shocked because you get a piece of paper, and it says who votes, whether they're Republican, Democrat, declined a state, and in order to get on that list, you have to be like, have to have voted in three of the last five elections, right? And so it's funny for me to see all the people popping off on social media, telling, telling you that council isn't doing things right. And you walk by their house because they didn't qualify because they didn't vote three out of the last five elections. So for me, my whole thing is on policy and candidates that will support cannabis in order to try and change it. I would love dispensaries in Costa Mesa, but I wouldn't do it until others do it because the scale and intensity That's what would everybody be off says. But if you vetted someone that you know and you looked you looked at their business plan, can't you tell? I mean, so, I don't want a pot shop. I want some place where I can send my mother who needs something and um, they can talk to her. Not a pot shop. I want a place where they can go and get what they need, really get what they need. So if let's just say that this was a coffee shop, right? Mr. Mayor, I really want to put a coffee shop in your city. There's high demand. It's safe. Um, is that the first thing they want to know that it's safe? Well, just, they got I'm, liquor ju stores. I'm just giving you an example yeah. to say, okay, well, you know, we're not, we don't know about coffee, what we do today, but back in the day, I have some concerns and I want to keep it away from the kids. You want to keep it away from the kids? Of course I want to keep it away from the kids. So let's put up radiuses around schools and parks and all the other sensitive receptors. Well, guess what? You're in an industrial area. That's what the industrial area is, to keep it away from kids with vibration. I know, but I'm not taking my grandmother or mother to an industrial area that has, like, homeless people lying on the streets. Sure. I don't think so. But I'm telling you how, but you care about the kids, right? So when politicians care about the kids, they want to set up this radius around all the other kids' things, right? Well, that's an industrial area. So we're talking about a coffee shop. Who in their right mind would put an In-N-Out burger and a, and a Starbucks in an industrial area, Correct. right? It's not, it's not contemplated for the traffic and the trips and the, all, the other, right. all the other elements, right? The parking. So that's kind of where we're at in the stage of the industry. That in, I was in an investor conference last week, and they gave the baseball analogy that says, in a baseball game, where are we? What inning are we are? And one guy said the bottom of the first, the other one said top of the first, and the other one said we're still collecting our bats and getting our cars and going to the game. Me, I think, you know, we've had some pitches and some at-bats. So we're in the first or the second, probably the second inning. But I think it's a, it's a, 
it's a long game. And when you look at what's going on in other states with limited licenses and the plethora of licenses here, I think it's an extended inning because I don't see most of these licensed uh, current licenses being able to get them finished, number one. I think what they're finding out is, I'll give you an example, right? So every, I have pride in Costa Mesa and I ooze Costa Mesa. So everyone would challenge me and say, well, I'm in Adelanto. Excellent, excellent. Why do you like Adelanto? Well, I know the mayor. And I'm saying, okay, well, that alone isn't going to get you anything. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, by the way, the vice mayor is going to jail for the brown paper bags that most people fear about this. Like, why don't I give you a dispensary in my town? Well, everyone's going to think I got a brown paper bag in order to do it. But I would say, do you know who, who you're working with at the, um, who's the fire marshal at the San Bernardino County Fire Authority? And they'd say, the who? And I said, really? Well, that's what's going to hit you upside the head. And sure enough, all of a sudden, they got $200,000 bills with... Um, sprinklers, and in order to do the manufacturing, an F1 is an occupancy use for general uh, manufacturing. You have to do H2, which is H is a hazardous use, and build this whole cocoon around but it. But see, this is what they did. They put up all these stupid rules, and, and they are stupid, a lot of them. Come these on. Are, these are safety rules. Safety that perfume. Do they care about caffeine-free? every bar and drunk and do they care about that they don't care about a bar and i mean they don't care that your kids are doing pills and alcohol that's what they're doing i'm libertarian leaning want a smaller government more freedom i mean it's it just you know this is what what i'm saying is the industry right they didn't they knew the mayor and so they were going to go get a pot license to sling because they've been doing it for 20 years, okay. right? And now they're out there unsophisticated. They didn't have 200000 for the sprinklers. They didn't have the extra money for the containers and the systems and things like that. And so I don't think a lot, in a marathon analogy, I don't think most are going to finish this race. The other thing that's coming now is, is come about July 1 or thereabouts, there's going to be a track and trace requirement, which means all these people that have been, you know, slinging weed through the back door of dispensaries with literally I've seen the, the customer list and it's Bob, like first name. Yeah. Right. Right. They don't have the knowledge and the sophistication to no, track everything down no, to the right. gram level. And when you look at Colorado, most people in Colorado lost their license because they, they didn't know how to track properly track, right. trace and report. Well, here are system. the rules, follow the rules and you'll be successful. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And now that they're giving rules, although people here still have that fear factor, which I, I don't understand. Uh, you know, they let some of these politicians open their stupid mouths and say dumb things, but they're afraid of pot. Yep. That's what's so hysterical. Fear, doubt, misinformation. Yeah, misinformation. Government. How can we be better at informing people, Jim? So in Costa Mesa... Um, I'm proud to have been involved in the crafting and development of and implementation of Measure X, right? That is a good, solid policy that other coastal communities can adopt. And what is it? it? It, I think it should be a vote of the people. So I'm surprised we don't have any cannabis initiatives on 2018. Like not You're a, kidding. No. So what I'm what I'm saying is is that everyone complains and pushes and them and but we don't have they're not good doing candidates. anything. We yeah. don't have any good ordinances that are being voted on. So um, maybe we can get councils to change and in 2019 start adopting good ordinances. And Costa okay. Mesa is a good model. What about Costa Mesa? Like, how is the um, 
the political community regarding cannabis? I mean, do they think that it's all a bunch of stoners? And you said it's the fear factor. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, city council, although they're not active and involved, they're also not trying to gum up the works and and, um, and uh, stall and things like that. I think they recognize that reasonable estimates that somewhere in year two or three, we're going to be about $200 million in revenue. And we've got about 25 or so candidates, so even if they all do an average of about $10 million each, and some will do a lot more and some will do less, I, I think it's a reasonable number. In year two or three, that's $12 million in tax to the city. Where South Coast Plaza celebrating their 50th year is at $17 million, right? We're going to be rivaling the largest tax-generating mall in the and entire country. And what does that say? Um, I think it says that other politicians should give serious consideration to the industry. There are, there are right now, the economy's deemed good out there. Yes. Right? Santa yes. Ana can't balance it, its budget right now. Other cities are having structural budget deficits where the council members are sitting down and staff is saying, Mr. Mayor, how many cops and firemen do you want us to lay off? Right. And so I think this is a great solution for creating jobs, fixing blighted buildings in the community. You know the jobs that would be had had we when when this in two thousand eight when everything went belly up, my first thought was if cannabis was legal, look at all the people that have jobs, look what would be going on. And I, I didn't understand how nobody cared about fixing it. They they are they're starting to when they've They've looked at every other option out I there. I think they're afraid if they vote for cannabis, they're not going to get reelected. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So they don't really care about the people; they the care about token, themselves. That's what I'm the, hearing. The stoner, quote unquote, stoners that voted for Prop 64. What are they doing to demonstrate that? No, Mr. Mayor, Council Member, we support you on this issue. They're not doing anything. Right. Nothing, they're not exactly. Right? So they thought, why, oh, it, we got it. It's done. Yeah. But, not doing anything. But I'm proud of Costa Mesa. Not only did we um, craft and get approved a Measure X, and now we're thoughtfully implementing it. But, um, oh, I don't know what percentage, but 9 out of 10 of the of those that have applied and, and received the permit have joined the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, and, sure. And I th- But I think that's unique and different. Most other communities have the, you know, the, the pot group where they still show up with shorts and hoodies and things like that. If we want to be treated and seek to normalize that's and seek right. to educate, look normal. You you go to the Chamber of Commerce and on May sixteenth, on a Wednesday, we are going to have a Chamber of Commerce sponsored event with what looks like to be about two hundred people in the room. We hope to see the police oh, and the fire. Okay. And you're welcome to attend and I want to come and sit at my table. And okay, I would definitely love to do that. Please, because it's your point. What are we doing here? We're recognizing it. We're doing the best we can to really be an elegant top of the food chain solution right. as a role model for the region of how to do it. And I want to teach them not to be afraid of this. Only be afraid when you let the degenerates into your city doing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, so it's a platform for come, get informed. We have a, a meet and greet where several will have booths. Uh, Candace from OC Normal is going to be there, who I, I love and is one of the She's greatest. having another baby. Is she really? Yes, she's having a boy. A boy? Wow. wow. Congratulations. I love her. her yeah. They did such a great job on Kai. Anyway, 
Uh, a big shout out. Congratulations, Candace. I love her too. She's one of my favorite people. Yeah, now everybody knows Candace. Yeah. So, but Candace is the world are going to be there. Many of the operators will be there. Good. So that the, so that the community And can what's come. the purpose of it? Uh, educate and normalize cannabis. Okay. So this is May 16th May where? May 16th, uh, Avenue of the Arts Hotel over by Segerstrom Center for the Arts. And what time is it? It's 11.30 to 1.00 with a little bit before and hopefully a lot after. It, the right. Degree. And there's going to be speakers. Who's speaking? There'll be a panel. We're, we're finalizing the panel, but Eric Spitz, the former um, Orange County Register owner, partnered with uh, Bill Lockyer, the former top cop in the state of California, oh. will be the moderator. And we'll have a representative from the testing, distribution, and manufacturing uses so that people will be able to see of the different uses how it works, how it doesn't work, how they're going to work together. How now, or do you have a limit to how many manufacturers you're letting in? How many, I mean... No, that's always a, um, that's always an issue, especially with dispensaries, because no city wants 80 dispensaries and just trying to... The, you talk about fear, doubt, misinformation, right? So then how do you limit it so that it's fair and it's, and it's not the mayor picking winners and losers right, and things right, like right. that? So dispensaries is hard, but what we did is we found a place that's north of the 405, tucked up against the Santa Ana River, that really did fit for this. Is that where the homeless people are living? No, that's further up the Santa Ana River. Um, But I think it's the safest community over there now because we all have uh, surveillance cameras and increased security and security guards and all those those things for not only homeless issues, but just uh, in general. And so that's how they selected it, and we said... Would we care if a bear and an allegan went side by side next to each other? No. So we're trying to be as treating cannabis like any other so issue. Every, oh, so they're not all going to be in one area. It's one small area, but we didn't have radius. So once what happens a lot is in order for me to win, you have to lose because you're within 500 right. feet of me. So I've right, got to right, throw right. sand and get your gears and, and you lose so I win. In Costa Mesa, if you can find a property, and that's not hard, not easy to do, and you don't mind paying a premium, premium, which is what you'd have to do, then if you can get a license and a permit, you can operate in Costa Mesa. There are no concentration For manufacturing, limits. distribution, and or testing. testing. Correct. Right. So if it, those uses in that area... So if anybody's interesting that's listen, yeah. interested, how do they go, who do they call, what do they do? So they, they're hearing you talk and they say, oh, wow, I want to get a distribution center sure. in Costa Mesa, California. What do I have to do? Who can I call? Well, the first thing you can do is on the city's website, over on the left navigation, they have a uh, cannabis portal. So you can... Click there. You can read Measure X. You can read the application. You oh, can great, read the, great, great. FAQs set up there. Um, come to our meeting on, on May 16th. You'll be able to meet a lot of the city people will be there. A lot of the operators will be there. I'm really proud. And I think it's great that you're doing this because it's an opportunity to educate. Well, and I'm really proud that, you know, historically I understand that the chamber wouldn't take on cannabis folks because they didn't have business permit from the city of Costa Mesa. It was prohibited. So I understand that. 
But now that we do have this Measure X-backed voter initiative, they've not only accepted us, they've really welcomed us and embraced us. They gave us a slot around vans and the LA Chargers and the, the mayor's state of the city. I mean, that's the caliber of monthly meetings that they typically have. And they've slid, you know, they didn't stick us in the middle of the summer when nobody comes. Right, right, right. They gave or us the prime. 11 o'clock at night. 11 o'clock, yeah, exactly, <laughs> when everyone's in bed. And so they gave us the prime real estate in order to get our message Nice, out. Yeah. very nice. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. I will definitely be there if there's anything that I can do to help to promote it. I will. Uh, anybody that's interested, uh, please check it out. May 16th, Avenue of the Arts in Costa Mesa. What's it called? Is it's, there a it's name the for Cannabis it? Luncheon. You can also Cannabis the, Luncheon. Oh, the good. Chamber there's of food. Commerce. Yeah, it'll be a lunch. Yeah. Uh, on the Chamber of Commerce, on their website, uh, under events, you can see that. Uh, Jim Fitzpatrick on Facebook, I have it featured as an event. Oh, yeah. We want, we want people to come, right? Absolutely. Candace has been great about putting out the word and sharing some of the Facebook. Oh, yeah. I'll do it, too. I'll put it everywhere. Great. Hey, you've been great. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, say to our listeners? No, I just, as, you, as you're looking at cannabis, uh, you know, this is not an easy industry. No. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, most people right now, although the Wall Street money and the big suits aren't coming, they, they will. They Once once things change, they will. Um, it requires a very big budget in order to get involved. And so I think there will be more opportunities in the future for people. Once people calm down. Once people calm down, once things shake out, once the fear, right. doubt, misinformation right. goes away. But right now, I'd be keeping my capital dry. I wouldn't be going and throwing good money after bad. I'd be thinking about ways to bring my money in or my ideas or my business into a bigger thing and being uh, maybe an employee for some, but also... Yeah, like learn a, the business. A, learn every yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, joint venture or partnership along the way where you kind of come together because you do need a big team with people and money of and, like minds also yeah so so one of the things the new regulatory schemes did do is it made all these regulations and hurdles and it made it harder to have kind of the mom and pop business in cannabis you really need to be more sophisticated and well capitalized yeah so that's definitely the, that's the advice i look at people who like i speak on panels and all how do i get in and i'm saying well you know I go over here with these other check writers that have big, big checkbooks, and they are very sophisticated in how to deploy capital with, that can hire experts to go get the right. license and permits. The, the days of just a single shingle person doing something out there, I think, unfortunately, are over. It's, but there's yeah. still ways to get involved. Right, right, right. It kills me that our OCC community college, which I love so much, they have a culinary school. But they won't let you talk about cannabis over there. Right. So think about the opportunity of all. Well, have you tried the Art Institute? I haven't. But so maybe there are some that maybe could, that could. But a big group like but that. But they're afraid. They are. Afraid. They're afraid, and it's like, how do you make them unafraid? It, it's yet the industry needs accountants and compliance officers. Right. Everything and uh, artisan bakers. I am doing an interview. Uh, it. Uh, one o'clock with a female compliance person from Colorado. She's here and she's talking all about compliancy and how important it is. And she's great. 
So uh, I'm going to be talking to her in a couple hours. Have uh, no doubt you have fabulous guests. Uh, there's so many. And now there's more and more people getting involved, and it's great. And I can travel now, so I can go to them. Thank you so much. You're fabulous, as always. Uh, I wish Costa Mesa a lot of luck. I love Costa Mesa. My brother's been a resident for 39 years. And... Uh, it's. It, I'm glad that they're doing something, and and like some of the places are doing nothing, but at least Costa Mesa is doing something, and I applaud them. So on that note, it's time to blow this joint. Thank you. <laughs>